everyone, it's Paul Ward here and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. I'm very excited today. We're in Santa Rosa Valley, California, just outside Camarillo. And our guest is Dr. Katie Neneker, Dr. Nen with Nen Equine. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Opus Escrow and The Money Store. So Dr. Nen, you are the COO and co-founder of Nen Equine. Yes. And you run a mobile vet service, is that correct? That is correct. And you, you started this company, I think, in 2020 with your husband, Greg. Yes. So Greg and I got together about 10 years ago, and we always kind of had this dream of starting a business. And it took off this way so that we could really service the animals that I wanted to service and mm -hmm. knowing the need in the community for a mobile veterinary facility, a mobile vet that would be able to service not just horses in the area, but all of the other animals that we're seeing as companion animals now. Mm -hmm. Goats, pigs, cows, alpacas, llamas, donkeys. We, we see the gamut of things. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you travel near and far, right? Because you don't have a, a, a set location. You're, you're going to the, to the client. So you're traveling all over uh, Southern California, LA and Ventura County. So you've got some, some, some big territory to cover. We do have big territory to cover. We luckily have very nice offices. Uh -huh. Our office is on the road. Um, but because we see so many different animals and the variety of animals we see, it's brought us all over Ventura and LA County. And right now we're really the primary vet source for these farm animals. So we're, you know, as blessed as we are to be the number one in the area, we're the first call that a lot of these people make, but it has taken us all over the place, mm -hmm. which our span is about 20,000 miles. Square miles. Square miles. Where we're driving all over the place. We go down to Long Beach, all the way back up to Santa Barbara, out to Mojave, where we experience all different kinds of places and terrain, and we get to go all over the place. We're, we're, we're spread out in those areas. And how does that work? Like, let's say somebody, maybe you're familiar with Southern California, let's say you get a call in, you know, Acton or Lancaster, and somebody's got a, you know, horse with a lame foot, and that's not part of your calendar for the day. How do you, right. how do you make that work? So sometimes it's a little difficult to juggle everything that we have to do in the day. Mm -hmm. um, our goal is always see emergencies first. Mm. Emergencies are the precedent. So they take precedence. So if we see something that comes in that can wait, then we'll talk to the owner, we'll talk them through it, and we'll see if we can wait a couple of days or the next time that we're in the area. But if it's something that needs to be seen now, mm -hmm. we basically call up everybody on our schedule and say, I'm so sorry we can't come today. We have an emergency and we got to bump you a little bit later. But I think everyone who owns animals and everybody out there who owns animals knows that when you're in an emergency situation, right. you just, you can't wait sometimes. Sure. So you're kind of like so, an ambulance for large animals. Yes. And your husband's a fireman. So yeah. he kind of knows that, <laughs> knows that world. Yeah. We're both in similar worlds. Uh -huh. um, and, and most of our animal owners understand that emergencies happen and mm -hmm. knowing the kind of business that we have in all large animal we all are like the general practitioner and then we also are the emergency room. Mm -hmm. So all of those people understand when they get bumped right. because they're thinking about themselves in that situation sure. and what they would want to happen. And they would want to be seen first before somebody who just has a routine vaccine appointment or something like that. Sure. What's the number one call that you that you get? 
We do a lot of general stuff, a lot mm -hmm. of regular stuff that anybody with a dog and cat would see, you know, skin itching and vaccines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I would say our number one emergency appointments are usually something along the lines of like, where we would say a catastrophic event, like a broken leg or a laceration that needs to be sewn up. Mm -hmm. And then this time of year, we see a lot of lambing and kidding, mm. which are sheep and goats giving birth. Um, so we see problems associated with that, whether we, we call them a dystocia, mm -hmm. but it's basically like a baby that's in the wrong position that we have to help or a C-section or, you know, some of those times where it can be a little bit dramatic because if you don't get to the baby in time, mm. you're going to lose it. Right. So it becomes a really kind of drama situation where like, you know, music playing, we got to get there as fast as possible, <laughs> get the baby out, we got to do C-section, you know, right. do all that kind of stuff. So that's another time where we're like, I'm so sorry, your vaccine has to wait. Right. We have to go see this baby because it's literally life on the line that we're trying to get there as soon as possible. Right. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of those right now. Through the spring is that season where we see a lot of those things. Interesting. Now, in terms of uh, vaccinations, are you vaccinated? If somebody has, let's say, a flock of chickens or a herd of goats, got to get my term, sure. term right? <laughs> flock of birds, yeah. herd of goats. Um, do all the animals get vaccinated or just kind of, how does that, how does that work? How do you, the health of the herd or the health of the flock, how do you, how do you maintain that? Sure. So each t different species has a different set of vaccines and vaccine guidelines that we go on. And it's also a lot of their lifestyle dependent. Mm -hmm. So if you have, for instance, a horse that's traveling a lot, they may get different vaccines because they're coming in contact with other horses. So there would be different diseases that they would come in contact with. It's kind of like a person with a flu shot. Mm -hmm. Some people aren't going to get them. Some people are, but we choose that lifestyle-wise. Right. Um, but we do do a lot of like flock health or herd health, mm -hmm. where we'll do all of them in a year. We'll get all of them done. Chickens usually get done really early on in life, within the first mm. couple of days. Mm -hmm. So they usually are done. By the time we see them, they're laying hens or they're somebody's pet in their backyard, and we're seeing them for different reasons. Right. But we do kind of tailor the vaccines for the type of animal and the type of lifestyle that they have. Gotcha. And I mean, horses, of course, is probably the number one animal that you're seeing, but now you've got kind of these little trendy, like pot pigs and mm -hmm. pygmy goats and other fun farm animals that people are having just to enjoy. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, right now, this, this kind of segues into the foundation that we have that we'll talk about later. Um, but there's an unprecedented time in large animal medicine where people are having historically farm animals as companion animals. Mm. Goats, pigs, even cows, mini cows. People have mini zebus and stuff that we're seeing. What's a zebu? A zebu is a <laughs> smaller cow. If you if you picture cows, it's the one that has like a lot of skin that hangs down. Okay. Right. They're they're an exotic breed. They've got little horns and they're they're adorable, but they have like a big hump on their back and like the extra skin that hangs down. Okay. So kind of like a Brahma bull but Yes, like, but like in the dryer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um yeah, so we're seeing like a lot of these types of farm animals that are now companion animals. So it's a cool time for us because it's opened up a lot of doors in terms of medicine for them, mm -hmm. where before we were really trying to get them healthy for market. Mm -hmm. But now we're trying to keep them healthy a little bit longer. So they're they're a member of the family. They're a member of they're the not family. Like going off to slaughter. They're they're yes. with the family until they pass on. And literally we see potbelly pigs all over the place. Oh, really? Meaning, like, we go into Hollywood and we see apartment pigs. What? 
and we see pigs <laughs> that sleep in people's bed with them, go on vacation with them. Wear little clothes and outfits. Wear and... <laughs> little clothes and outfits. <laughs> right. We do nail polish for pigs and stick on gems on their nails, and we do all kinds of stuff because they're a member of the family and right. people treat them that way. Right. Um, we see that with goats too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have Nigerian dwarf goats. They're the little ones that are about like 40, 50 pounds. They've got wonderful personalities and they bop around people's backyards and sometimes they go inside the house and people will put them in the back of their car and go pick up their kids from school. So it's, it's, it's really fun to see them that way, to see them as these, you know, family members and companion animals rather than, you know, your typical like farm animal setting. Right. And you're also using uh, technology, right? If an animal gets hurt or needs some type of rehabilitation, I read about a, a, a laser device that you're using. What, what is that? It's really cool. So it's a class four cold laser. It's regenerative laser, and it has the ability to help with healing in a really incredible way. It, so this is gonna be a little bit boring, but it increases the metabolic rate of the cells that it comes in contact with. So it increases the actual healing time, it mm -hmm. decreases inflammation, decreases scar tissue, and things heal more healthy than they would before without mm -hmm. using it. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is that in our practice, because we see such a wide variety of animals and in these different capacities, we get to use a laser on anything. Hmm. We've literally used them on chicken, we've used it on goats, pigs, horses, alpacas, anything that will stand still long enough for us to use it, we, we put it on it. Right. Um, <laughs> A really cool story about the laser is that we had a Nigerian dwarf goat that was a family member, uh, was jumping around in their backyard and got stuck on one of the big trash pails. Mm -hmm. Leg got stuck and was a full fracture break. Ooh, just, the, like, in a, just like a 90 degree. 90 degree, like one of those like horror story dangle leg mm. breaks. We used a laser on this bone and it healed so well that we we splinted it, we use a laser twice a week, and now you can't even tell that it was broken at all. And it wow. was one of those fractures that previously we would say, you need pins and plates, and mm. if you're not gonna do that kind of surgery, then this is probably not gonna heal. Right. And we tried the laser on it, and it healed. She's fine, she doesn't even have a limp, you can't even tell. Wow. She's perfect. Wow, now do you, do you have a, this is a, novice question, but do you have a x-ray machine that kind of tells you where we you do. might need to use the laser device? Is that? Yeah, that's a great question. We uh -huh. do have an x-ray machine and we have a mobile unit. It's a cordless mobile unit that we can take out to the field where we get our images right away. Mm -hmm. So we can literally get the animal ready, take our x-ray and then get the image on a screen and know exactly what's broken, what we need to do and where we can splinter, use the laser or whatnot. And that works for a horse as well. I mean, it's a yep. pretty big animal. It's... Yep, it works for horses. They really developed them for horses because mm -hmm. when, when you're dealing with such a large animal, it's so mobile, mm -hmm. you, you need to be able to move with them. Mm -hmm. So it's a mobile unit that was developed that way so we can use it on horses and we can use it on any on any animals. And you guys also have a, a, a property management business for, for animals? Yeah, so we came into this because a lot of our clients were coming to us looking for advice or people for who could take care of their animals while they're one on vacation mm -hmm. and two in general they were looking for ranch hands people to help feed clean take care of them and it's hard to find people that are comfortable and that know what they're looking at and looking for mm -hmm. with farm animals in general it's a little different than a dog and cat in terms of the way that they present themselves as being sick 
Um, a lot of our farm animals are prey animals, so they'll hide being sick until they physically can't hide it anymore. Mm. So it's subtle, the subtleties that you're looking for in terms of making sure that everybody's okay. So people kept coming to us for referrals for people. So it spurred our idea to say, well, why don't we delve into the property management or the animal management side and help staff these ranches, these legacy farms, legacy ranches, hobby farms, and also help people find other people that'll be able to take care of their animals while they're on vacation. Um, so it's been a cool opportunity for us because we've been able to kind of protect our uh, clients with the fact that we kind of carry some of that liability for them as well so they don't have to worry about getting uh, taken advantage of if something doesn't work or you know our, our society is this is kind of the serious side of it but our society is pretty litigious right now so mm -hmm. if something were to happen and someone were to slip as they're taking care of their animal and they're gonna go back and sue their client and we referred them well we can kind of take care of all of that because mm -hmm. we do hold all of the insurances needed for the veterinary facility and for handling animals in general. Mm -hmm. So it has allowed us to, to kind of protect some of our clients in that way where we can mm -hmm. kind of hold some of those liabilities for them too. Right. And I think it would also give you kind of a, kind of a one-stop shop, right? Because you're going to this mm -hmm. legacy property where there's several animals, right? So you could see several patients. Yep. in one location as opposed to kind of ping-ponging all over the place for yes. that particular opportunity. Yeah, definitely. It helps It helps a lot for the clients because they used to have one vet for their horse, one vet for their goats, one vet for their small animal. Well, at least we can help them in terms of their vets for all their large animal. You know, some people have had four vets for, because they had each different species. They had their alpaca vet, their horse vet, their goat vet, their cow vet, and now we can wrap all that into one. So it's a lot easier for everybody to keep, you know, medical records and all that kind of stuff together. It's right. a lot easier for the client. It's easier for the ranch hands. And then when they're out of town and they have someone step in, the person who's stepping in has a direct line to the vet. So mm -hmm. if something were to happen, they can just say, hey, this, this animal is looking this way, what do you think about it? Mm -hmm. I already know the animal, so I know what their normal is. Mm -hmm. And then they, it, it also gives the clients a nice sense of ease knowing that, you know, their vet's on tap. Right. That if they're out of town and something happens, we can be right there. Right. So it is kind of a one-stop shop for all of, all your farm animal needs. Right. And <laughs> are you able to, I mean, implement any kind of technology with this where Maybe the client sends you a video or something like that where, yeah, you know, definitely. it's like you could kind of pinpoint what's going on just by looking at the phone. We sure do. We do that a lot, actually, where people don't know necessarily if it's an emergency or if it can wait a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So we get videos all the time and we get the funniest videos that people send. Really? We'll get videos of like, like an animal going to the bathroom. We get all the time. And they're like, is this normal? And it's literally like your animal just going to the bathroom. Don't tell my 15-year-old <laughs> son. He's just, oh, my God. It's, everything's about poop probably right now. Oh, it's just, come on, dude. Just stop. <laughs> we get, yeah. and we get, like, pictures of, they try to get pictures of under the tummy, but they just get, like, a picture of their animal and then their face in a really funny way. And they right. have no idea. And we look at it and we're like, well, this is a great photo. Uh -huh. But we get really, like, it's, it's. It's helped us medically because we can say, yeah, we need to do that right now, or yeah, we can wait a couple days. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I think, helps the clients 
one, feel good about it, and two, they're pocketbooks, because if it's something that can wait, they don't need to pay an emergency fee for it. We can see it in a couple of days. You know that your animal's fine, and you're gonna be, you're gonna be good to go. Right. And you're, you're, you're expanding. You've got another doctor on staff, right, with another truck that's, you're, you're multiplying. You can be in two locations at once now, right? Yes, definitely. Um, we started getting really busy because we do see so many different animals, which has been wonderful, mm -hmm. um, that we hired on Dr. Lau in August. Mm -hmm. She's a Davis grad and she, her main like species of interest is cattle. Mm -hmm. So she's fielded almost all of our cow work now. Oh, interesting. And she does cows across the board. She mm -hmm. does all cows all the way from companion, you know, up into those that are going to market and, mm -hmm. you know, those that are production cows. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's definitely helped take on a lot of those farm animals mm -hmm. and she loves doing small ruminants as well and small ruminants are the goats and sheep so it's been really fun to see her expand in these aspects of being able to take on all these animals um, and it's definitely helped us expand because now we can go into other parts of la where there was other production animals before that we weren't necessarily seeing or able to help on a regular basis right so we're it's opened up our availability a lot sure now for the folks that are listening or watching and you know maybe there's they're in chicago or you know miami right now you know la is not really thought of as a farm animal, you know, location. Yeah. What is that, what is happening in LA? I mean, what, what's going on there in terms of, I mean, I know people have pets, but. Right, right. Yeah. So there is a lot of agriculture and farmland in Los Angeles County and the surrounding counties, Ventura County. Um, and it's true, everyone thinks of like LA as being Hollywood or Malibu and there's not, there's, you know, no farm animals there. Right. But right when you get out of LA proper, there's, tons of farm animals around. There's tons of cows here, and then a lot of people still will have uh, goats, like small goat herds and sheep herds that are for production and companion. And then there's a lot of companion animals. And there's a lot of places, even Malibu that we go to, that'll have, you know, 10, 20, 30 either animals that are quote unquote production animals or mm -hmm. even brush clearing animals or mm -hmm. things that you wouldn't consider being there. Right. And there's definitely those times where we pull up to a building and we're like, some, a farm animal lives in here? And we walk into the house and you know, there's a couple pigs that live there and we're like, okay. Or they have indoor chickens and you know, stuff like that that we weren't seeing in the past. Right. Um, but it's definitely a misnomer that there's no agricultural animals here. You know, there's, there's, a large amount of cows and production animals that are still here that that need to be serviced with a with a veterinarian. Hmm. So you guys also have a, a foundation, Nen Foundation, and as I understand it, if folks have a an animal that's a pet, maybe there's a catastrophic situation, um, they don't have the means to take care of that animal financially, and the foundation can can step in. Is that is that correct? Yes. So that's the level that we're at with the foundation now is we're subsidizing or partially subsidizing surgeries and medical treatments for large animals in need where the owners would not be able to afford it otherwise. So in, in a nutshell, we're saving animals from being euthanized that could be saved with surgical or medical treatment. Mm -hmm. um, and then allowing those animals to continue on with their families. And there's no you know repayment or anything like that. It's basically just the foundation is allowing us to gift these animals the care that they need so that they can continue on with their families. Um, from that has spurred on a, a huge project for us with many different elements, um, with the main one being a large animal hospital. 
So that's our, our goal right now is acquiring land that we will be able to develop a large animal hospital that'll be able to service all of these animals that'll be included in the, in the NEN Foundation and then also any other large animals in any of the surrounding areas that mm -hmm. would be able to come in. Um, right now, there's not a hospital that is servicing these animals. So there's a couple that'll do a little bit here and there, but really if you wanted to get state-of-the-art care for your companion large animals or your production large animals, whichever, mm -hmm. you have to go up to Davis to get it. Really? That far? Well, that's, that's like 400 miles. It's 400 miles. So yeah. a lot of people, it's not viable for them to do that. Right. Um, and then going down this track of the hospital, we've thought of all of the things that we would like, all of our goals as a business, as a foundation, as a veterinary industry as a whole, and it's morphed our idea of this hospital into being a teaching hospital. So right now we're very close to acquiring the land. So it's a real thing. It sounds really grandiose, but it's actually like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> That's great. That's exciting. Um, we're, we're super excited about it. And we're going to, there's a lot of aspects of the industry that we're hopefully going to be able to uh, improve and address with this type of hospital too, because we're going to be expanding the access to education for veterinary students, interns, residents, community members, 4-H members, you know, anybody who's interested in farm animals and large animals and interested mm -hmm. in growing in any way, we're going to be able to, to put on different educational opportunities for them. Mm -hmm. And we're also developing partnerships with our local hospitals and with our local, um, our, our community schools and our community colleges mm -hmm. to be able to have classes at the hospital, to be able to get veterinary technicians or veterinarians hands-on hands-on treatment, hands-on handling, and other opportunities that they wouldn't necessarily get in a classroom setting. That's great. So if a local high school had, let's say, a ag class or a 4-H class, the students in that class could potentially come and learn at your, at your facility. Yes. Throughout and the Southern California area. Yep. Or, Anybody who wants to come will be welcome to do educational opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And as part of our foundation, we're going to be taking in uh, rescue animals that come through. We, in the Nen equine world, we see a lot of animals that are in the shelter or in a rescue situation where the owner's not from any fault of themselves, but maybe they're moving, they can't take their animals or whatnot. That would be wonderful teaching animals. Mm -hmm. So we'll be able to cultivate these animals into our teaching herd. We want different teaching herds of each species of large animal. Mm -hmm. And I go like this, because I imagine it on the property of like, horses, cows, goats, alpacas, donkeys, we're going to have pigs, right. are teaching herds so that we'll be able to have real hands-on educational opportunities for the 4-H kids that want to come out and maybe they've never haltered an alpaca before. Right. And alpacas in particular are really different handling than your other large animals. Don't they spit? They spit. <laughs> it smells terrible. Right. <laughs> I've been spit on too many times. Right. And that's, <laughs> alpaca is different than a llama? Yes. If you imagine them, an alpaca just looks like a mini llama. Right. Um, their characteristics are, are similar in terms of their handling, um, but they are, they are definitely different animals. And they are super different from a lot of the other large animals that we come across. So we'll be able to have 
to, to give people the opportunity to, to really be able to handle them, learn how to give shots and do all different kinds of stuff. And then anybody in the community too. You know, there's a lot of people, especially in this area, like what we were talking about before, where there's a lot of large animals here that people don't know are here. Right. A lot of these community members are wanting to learn more. They, they want to have these animals. They want to care for them the right way. They want to learn different handling techniques. And we'll be able to do all of these educational opportunities at the facility there. That's so awesome. it's, it's a grandiose idea that I'm super excited about. You can probably tell because I'm really pumped up. Right. <laughs> I, could, I could talk about it forever. Um, but it'll be able to service all of these animals that are in need. And then it'll also be able to, we're hoping it's really going to be able to be a spotlight for the industry as a whole mm -hmm. in terms of what care can be, how care can grow, mm -hmm. and also to develop a, a teamwork mentality among veterinarians where we can help each other and, and really change the industry. Um, another side note is that there's less veterinarians coming out of school and out of the amount that are coming out per year, only 7% are large animal vets. And then half of those are going to go into small animal within Do dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. So and why, why is that? Why, why is it dropping? It's just the cost or just the competition or lack of teachers or what is it? What is the reason? It's multifactorial in mm -hmm. the way and the reasons why it's dropping. Um, a lot of it, I think, is people going in. There's a lot of student loan and it's a lot of hard work mm -hmm. and it's the same as becoming a medical doctor in terms of your time that you have to commit to it and the amount of studying and then school and loans and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then coming out of it, you there's different avenues that you can go down. And the two big ones are small animal, large animal. Large animal is very different from small animal. Small animal is more so nine to five. You have your emergency clinic. If your animals are sick, they go into the emergency clinic and then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. With large animal, we see it all. So we're really on 24 seven. And that's kind of how this industry has developed and how you know the, the old timey farmers have developed that way where they are really on 24 seven. So mm -hmm. your family life takes a hit and your business may thrive because you're working all the time, or it may not, depending on the area that you're at, if you're just kind of trying to scrape by and help and, and help and do what you can. Um, but it's really become, I think people are, are really realizing that the large animal lifestyle is more difficult than the small animal lifestyle, so more people are tracking towards that direction, right. and there's less of us. It's, it's really the people that have a real passion for it that actually will make it to the large animal and stay there. And you have to be mobile because you don't see the horse trotting into the right. the mall where the vet, <laughs> vet is. I fix my, my horse's tooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And another cool thing about uh, veterinary medicine as a whole is that it's largely female-driven now mm. where there's a lot of women going into school and coming out of school. And that's another factor in terms of family life that, you know, when Greg and I started Nen Equine, we were also starting our family, so it was really important for us to figure out a way where we could have it all. Mm -hmm. And me being out 24-7 and seeing emergencies in the middle of the night is something that I can absolutely do, but I have to take into account that I've got my kids at home. Right. So it's also something I think that a lot of the vets are taking into account that maybe if they want to have more of a family life, they would go down the small animal route instead of the large animal route. Mm -hmm. So having um, the team mentality and moving into the hospital is really going to help balance out all of those lifestyles so that we can have a well-rounded life and we can have it all, basically. Mm -hmm. And you're, and you're 
in that same thread, you're you're expanding, right? You're in Kentucky now, and absolutely. So the foundation is expanding. Um, we're expanding rapidly. One because the the hospital build is a reality. Two because we're getting more animals that we're able to help, and more donations that are allowing us to help these animals. And then we're also expanding to other parts of the country, which is what our ultimate goal is to be able to help people, not just in our local area, but everywhere, hopefully in all 50 states that we'll be able to, you know, help veterinarians fund procedures for animals in need. Mm -hmm. um, one of our board members is one of a good friend of mine who is big in the, the horse industry. She's in Kentucky. So we are expanding, starting our step-by-step our -step process and moving into that, you know, high horse area mm -hmm. of Kentucky and spreading the word there. So it's, it's helping us really, really start to expand that way. That's awesome. So I also understand that you, there was a, a, a goat named Da Vinci that you, that you helped and it was kind of a foundation effort. It definitely was. He was one of the inspirations for the foundation and he was our first official foundation animal. So he, is a lovely story because he's a 100% success. He had, in one of our crazy windstorms, a structure actually fell on him and he was paralyzed from the waist down. And we took x-rays of him with our mobile x-ray unit and saw that he didn't have any fractures, didn't have any breaks. So we went along the lines that he just had some, some severe trauma and treated him that way. And within three days, he was able to stand on his own and then we did some physical therapy and some walking and, and helped him get back on his feet. But now he's completely, he's completely normal. And it was really cool because my, one of our technicians, Kim took him on and he was literally a 24 hour care. He had to be rolled over from side to side. He had to be gotten up every couple of hours and helped to walk and take out. He had to have sub-Q fluids and all kinds of medications. And he was a 24-hour care. He Did rode in the back of us. She took him home. <laughs> yep, he, she, he slept in her room with her so oh that she could get him up. <laughs> he came to work and he had a dog bed that went in the back of the truck and he would stick his head out like a dog when we were riding down. We were going down the street. Um, so, and he's a lovely goat. It was really actually fun having him in the back of the truck because people always like expect that we're going to have a dog back there. And then right. we're like, come see our dog, open the door and it's a goat in there. Um, but he's a super success story and now he's completely normal and he gets to live on his life. But he was definitely one that like we was a euthanasia or, a, or putting him down consideration because he, he could not walk at all. So we're like, if he, you know, let's give him a chance. Let's see if he can do it. And it ended up working. That's awesome. So I understand that you were uh, Bulldog of the Year at Fresno State, the only female and the only equestrian ever. You beat out Paul George, the famous basketball player. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a huge honor in my athletic career to be Bulldog of the Year. It was a recognition of athletics, of community service, of scholastics, achievement. So it, it was a, a really big honor to be able to be Bulldog of the Year. And it's something that, you know, I hold near and dear to my heart. I really enjoyed my time at Fresno State. And I know that there's a lot of people that go to that school for the agriculture and for the sports. And mm -hmm. I was one of them. Um, that kind of segued into my, my buckle. That's awesome. Um, I was one of the distinguished alumni for the NCEA, which is the Equestrian Association. It's mm -hmm. like the NCAA, but for equestrians. Mm -hmm. And they brought me back as an honorary team captain as one of the football games, which was super really? fun. We got to like walk on the field and, you know, do my little hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a big honor. It was, 
it was a wonderful opportunity to be able to do that. So uh, how, do, how do folks get in touch with uh, Nen Equine and also the foundation? So we have our websites up for the foundation and for Nen Equine, so you can find us on Google. Um, we are constantly looking for help with the foundation, so if anybody out there thinks that they can be helpful, we're looking for helping with fundraising and all sorts of stuff, so please do reach out. Our office number is 805-603-2716. That would be the most direct way to get a hold of us, so please do. And you've got a website? We do have a website. We have our Nen Equine website and the Nen Foundation website. Great. Well, Dr. Nen, thank you so much for being our guest on this edition of Farm Talk. We've loved being here and learning all about you and, and Nen Equine and what you do. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Opus Escrow and The Money Store. Be sure to tune in next time for another edition of Farm Talk.